Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The gangland bloodletting continues. The level of violence used was reprehensible. It was beyond reckless. The latest hit has claimed the life of a man in Newry. A brutal organised execution. Police believe the killing of a 58-year-old man in the Ardcarn Park area of Newry last night could be linked to previous violent incidents in the city and a suspected cross-border organised crime feud. Mark Lavelle was shot up to 15 times. The gunman had been lying in wait outside his home in the Carnegat area. This was a brutal and a senseless attack on a defenceless man. We believe those responsible went to great lengths to plan this attack and they lay in wait for their victim to go home and they essentially ambushed him and executed him. Sources in Newry predict a bloodbath as revenge is sought for his death. I would also like to reassure, reassure the community that I, as the local district commander, will be stepping up the police presence uh, in the area over the next days and weeks, and the community will therefore see more visible police in the area. But was he the real target of the gunmen? What's the background to this murder? And what's the real situation on the ground in the border town? They just wanted to get anybody at this stage. So that tells you we're at the start of something, not at the end. In this episode of The Bell Tale, I speak to Sharon O'Neill from The Sunday Life and to The Belfast Telegraph's Brett Campbell. Brett, can I begin with yourself? What exactly happened? Well, at tea time last Thursday night, Mark Lavelle, known as Chicken Lavelle, was pulling up outside his home in Ardcorn Park and two gunmen casually approached the car and opened fire. They believed they shot at least a, a dozen times, uh, reports up to 20 times. Um, the victim was in the car, which then rolled away into a nearby property. This happened, and I think that is what has shocked police as well. This happened in the early evening when people were coming home from work. People were eating their, their dinner. Pe- residents came out with a commotion. Some heard gunfire. Some were alerted by the police sirens. And people came out onto the street, including the, the wife of the victim. And they were confronted with a horrifying, bloody scene. Obviously, police were quick to to launch a a murder investigation. Police say that the killers lay in wait. This was a meticulously planned attack. They lay in wait and they ambushed and executed their victim. The search for clues continued well into Friday. Friday morning, the scene was still cordoned off. Police 
were maintaining a presence there and forensic officers arrived initially to take photographs. There was markings out to mark evidence that was of importance. And as the day continued, the, that search was stepped up. By, by late evening, there was dozens of forensic officers in white suits. There were sniffer dogs on the scene. They were searching down drains. They were searching grassland nearby. They were looking for anything that could give them a sign of who was responsible for this. And that included looking for marks of a getaway vehicle. Police indicated that they feared that a, a drug feud that they were actually trying to contain and they'd taken measures to, to contain that. There were details emerged in, in a court case last month uh, which involved the, the victim's daughter. She was actually denied bail for her, her own safety and, and to prevent a feud. And what happened was clear evidence that the, the police failed to contain that and it spilled onto the, the streets in, in Newry. And you arrived at the scene the following morning? The following morning, yes. The local residents were, were waking up. They, many of them obviously knew what had happened the night before. And there was, I suppose they were just resigned to, to the fact of what had happened. There, there didn't seem to be a, an anxiety. People were, were comfortable just to, to keep out of it. The, the, you know, people were reluctant to, to talk. Uh, some residents said described the victim as, as a friendly a friendly man, somebody they, they knew to speak to in passing, said he was always friendly. They said one remarked that no matter what he was involved in, that he didn't deserve what happened to him. But beyond that, people were very reluctant to, to give any information. Uh, people I spoke to were, maybe when they did get too chatty, they were being nudged uh, in the side by a friend. So there was an element of a fear of that he even saying something nice about the victim was possibly saying too much. Uh, there was a reluctance of anybody to, to talk about the incident, to talk about the family. And obviously the family does have history in that area. It would The family is known in the area. But there was a, a wall of silence, I would say, in the, in the local community. Sharon, who was Mark Lavelle? Well, Mark Lavelle was well known in the area. He divided his time between a house in Dundalk and the family home there in uh, in the estate in Uri that Brett's just been talking about. And I think before we talk about that, Kieran, I think it's important to give a context about the area we're talking about. Okay, he was shot dead in a place called Ardkern Park. Okay, not too far from Daisy Hill Hospital in Uri. You're talking about a few miles from the border. Okay, so this is kind of where the story, you start to get a bit of a a picture. Uh, He was well known in the area for many years. He had a family, three kids. He, according to sources, he had been in prison a few times for uh, criminality, theft, that sort of thing. And then obviously there is the bigger picture which is uh, the drugs picture which has now emerged. Now he was shot this is an important context, he was shot just in November at that house in Dundalk. This is an incredibly serious situation. It's absolutely frightening in what is a very quiet community we had somebody come in and shoot up a sitting room and we're very lucky that we're not dealing with a death at this point in time and we're dealing with a man that all the neighbours speak about in in very glowing references of being a very quiet nice guy. He was hit 
his dog was killed. He moved then up to the family home to stay in Newry. So the killers had been lying in wait. This was a close quarters, professional hit. They were out to get him. Now, was he the primary target? Probably not. They're looking. It looks as if it might have been the son, Ebony Hughes. Now, Ebony Hughes can't be located. Police are looking for him in connection with crime in the area. And... Brett mentioned there about uh, Mark Lavelle's daughter, Whitney Hughes, who was in court last week. And this was the first time that um, this news of the feud came into the kind of widespread public arena in Newry and South Armagh. She was refused bail. She lived in Ardcarn Park, where her father was shot dead. And it was decided that uh, it would be too risky for her to be released back to that house because of fears for her life. And then it emerged during that court case of this simmering feud in Newry and Armagh, which her father was a part of. To what degree, we're not entirely sure, but uh, the son is a key player in this. He still can't be located by the authorities and... And the PSNI are looking for 36-year-old Ebony Hughes over what they called an incident in Newry in May. He hasn't been charged with anything. He hasn't been found guilty of anything. But they, we can report that the PSNI are looking for him and they can't find him. Well, yes, that's exactly it. And uh, police have told us that they won't say exactly what the incident was in May. They've told us that it was in connection with what they call Operation Exposure, which is like a district-wide Uh, appeal when it comes to trying to crack down on crime and speaking to suspects. There's been a huge build up to this, about a year of simmering tensions. And now we have had the first murder in connection with this feud. And I tell you, it will not be the last. If we go back to February this year, a man was shot three times. He was lured to an industrial estate in Newry. His attackers, the car used in that was burnt across the border. So we have that cross-border link and the guy was lucky to survive. Now, the reason he's important in this is because he was a close pal of Mark Lavelle's son, Ebony Hughes, who's wanted by the police at the minute. Then, a few months later in May, there was an acid attack on a man in Newry. He was set upon in the centre of town, very vicious, and he sustained serious injuries uh, to his face and body. Then, obviously, we have the murder of Mark Lavelle, but we have also, in court last week, where the daughter was charged with, appeared in court charged with heroin and cocaine charges, the mother, Eileen Hughes, is also under threat. She was ordered by this gang to leave... Newry and not come back. She's obviously defied that, so she's still living in the house at the minute. This is one big mess that the police have been trying to contain, but it's very difficult. When it comes to drugs, everything is off limits, and anyone is a target in that family. Whenever I met the family, Eileen Hughes, on Saturday morning when the police cordon had been lifted, she obviously was uh, in mourning for her husband, but I got the perception that there was a real sense of inevitability about this, that this 
was going to happen because he just survived a murder bid back in November. So she's waiting for his body coming back. A son was there and he's telling me, look, they were they just wanted to get anybody at this stage. So that tells you we're at the start of something, not at the end. Brett, what has the security response been in relation to this feud over the over the last year or so? Well, I think it's obvious the the police are are concerned. There is a lot of fear around this. There's fear in the community, and and there's also a, a certain degree of fear among the police. They they were trying to contain this. Uh, it looks like they haven't. It's not clear what's going to happen next, but it's obviously going to be or has the potential to be very bloody. Uh, police have described it as a a ruthless execution. They say this attack was particularly ruthless. Uh, their problem will be getting the community to come forward with information. The police rely on that in order to, to solve these crimes. A lot of times they have evidence but, but no witnesses. Crime Stoppers have offered a £20,000 reward for, for information. That's information that leads to the arrest and conviction of the, the two gunmen who carried out this murder. It sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but it's possibly not worth it for anybody that has that information. Nobody wants to be on the radar of these killers and that's the problem that the police face there's fear that they have of this spilling over and escalating the only way to stop it is to get information that leads to the arrest and conviction of these killers but nobody in the community wants to be seen as the person given that information because the consequences for them could be severe yeah you're signing your own death warrant effectively aren't you Sharon you spoke of they them and you in, in terms of the people who have carried out this attack, who do we can we can we say anything about who they are? Well, it appears Ebony Hughes has crossed a lot of people. There's talk of a link to a Dublin drugs gang, and this is where the cross border aspect comes into it. It's there's a lot of bad blood among players. There's talk of money owed. There's talk of people being shafted along the way. So, you know, all these gangs, it's all about protecting money and it's all about protecting turf. And that's what we're we're seeing at the minute. I mean, this is one cross-border drugs feud. Kieran, there are 70 or so-called organised crime gangs in Northern Ireland, OCG, as the drama Line of Duty famously calls it. And around a third of them uh, would be solely connected to criminality rather than paramilitaries. Now, most of them are involved in the importation of drugs. That's where the location of Newry comes into it because Newry has become almost a drugs gateway. It's so close to the border. The drugs are coming in up north into the city around the streets, but the tentacles go further than that. So that's what police will be trying to do right now, is unpick all the connections. But there's some local connections to this and also a lot of talk about uh, this family crossing a Dublin gang. We have seen in recent times in Belfast, again, two gunmen involved in, in gunning a man down in broad daylight in a social club. There are similarities between that. Seems to be very ruthless, efficient killers involved and suggestions of links to the drugs trade. You mentioned all of these drug gangs. Are they all interrelated or are they independent of each other? What's the what's the wider 
gangster ecosystem in Northern Ireland? Well, there potentially is crossover. There would be the likes of hitmen for hire, Kieran. If somebody needed to be taken out, there's a core number within each of these gangs. There are almost 70 organised crime gangs, most of them involved in drugs in Northern Ireland. You think about that for a second and think about the amount of damage the amount those gangs can cause. We've seen it, you're right. The blood spilt on the streets of West Belfast, Sean Fox recently. He was a member of that drug gang, the Marbella mob. His mate was Jim Donegan, shot dead outside a school in an assassination, very well planned, two killers involved. And there were other links, other people killed as well in the St. James's area of um, West Belfast, linked to these disagreements. And then it all goes back to the murder of Robbie Lawler in 2020. In Ardoyne, he was the uh, Dublin gangster who was involved. I don't know if you remember the teenager, the 17-year-old whose body was dismembered. He was shot dead. And look, long runs the fox is the talk here. These boys will wait and they will wait, but they will get you in the end. And that's what we're seeing unfolding here. You will always have different feuds among different gangs. We know some of the names of the gangs. We know the Marbella mob. There's a gang, an OCG gang that operates in the centre of the city called the Tarmackers that floods the streets of Belfast. The Kinnahans are up here. What we're seeing is almost we're catching up with other major cities. We're catching up with what's happening or what had been happening in Dublin. So this isn't something that's new, just suddenly happening. It's been going on for a few years been simmering away. Northern Ireland is a gateway for the drugs. Therefore, you have all these gangs. Thank you. Just to add to, to what Sharon has said there, I think that that is the common thread. Although these at- attacks may not be connected to the same crime gangs, there is a thread that unites them all, and that is the, the fear that they're able to instill in the community. There's also an element of desensitisation. The police keep using this phrase, ruthless execution. We, we've heard it uh, multiple times over the, over the past year, and it's lost its ability to shock. It, it, people are desensitised to these crimes. She said it's happening in, in broad daylight. Sean Fox was was gunned down, I think, uh, 20, 20 bullets in 21 seconds in broad daylight by two people in a busy social club. He was an associate of, of Jim Donegan, who was gunned down in broad daylight as he picked his son up from school. Teachers ran and put their clothing, put their coats over the windscreen so that hundreds of passerbys didn't have to witness the horrifying aftermath. These things, and the police, it's the same struggle. It's that fear. The police cannot get the information they need to actually solve these crimes because of the fear that they're able to instill in the community. Brad is absolutely right. People accept this as the norm. Nothing shocks anyone anymore. Two gunmen walking up a hill at tea time when there are families inside a house. Can you imagine? I mean, even just physically standing there, you're going, how could this have happened? But people have almost accepted this as the norm, Kieran, because this is what's happening in communities. This is the drugs, the fear of the whole drugs gang, the operations, because drugs is embedded in society now. We will have these gangs embedded in society as long as there is demand there will always be supply and people have become almost switched off to the level of violence that is being used 
in these attacks. Each one almost, to me, seems shocking. And I've covered it for 25 years. For example, take the murder of Mark Hall, a young man who was shot dead in another feud in the St James's area of West Belfast almost a year ago. Now, he was visiting his sick elderly mother when he was shot dead in a hail of bullets. His mother is very ill. She sleeps on a bed just beyond the living room window. Two gunmen turned up. They were already waiting for their target, Mark Hall. They put a gun to his sister's head at the door. They told her to move out of the way. She refused. They then threatened her 10-year-old son, who has learning difficulties. Again, there was no movement. The gunman couldn't get into the house. So what did they do? They took the other option. They fired through the living room window. Mark Hall was sprawled over his elderly mother to try and stop the bullets from hitting her. And he was shot multiple times. The two gunmen simply ran off. The sister, the brave sister, ran after her. They didn't care. They turned back and shot at her. She was lucky not to have been killed. In fact, the bullet hit her purse. You know, we're hearing this time and time again now on the streets of Northern Ireland. And people have, there really is almost an acceptance that this goes on. You live by the sword, you die by the sword type thing. A source told the Sunday Life, when it comes to drugs, all bets are off. There's a... There's something about the drugs trade. It can be very, very violent. I suppose a lot of people might think, well, as long as they keep it among themselves, maybe that's why society is so, well, not as concerned as probably they, they should be. But it's... Yeah, and the thing is, they will be if uh, a child, their son or daughter, gets caught up in the crossfire, which can easily happen. It just has not happened yet. And when the moment that happens, it'll be a different story. And... You know, it's during the Troubles, yes, it was violent, it was vicious, it was horrendous, it was a murder, it was murderous, but certain things were off limits. I think with these drug gangs, nothing is off limits. I think, I think people do think if, if, if I'm not involved in drugs, then it's not going to happen to me. But police warned in, in the attack last Thursday night that children uh, and other residents could have easily been been hit by the crossfire, uh, opening fire in a, in a quiet cul-de-sac uh, that time of night in the way that they did, could have easily killed other people. I think what was evident the, the morning after was when local residents seemed, some of them seemed more exercised by the fact that they couldn't get their car in because the area had obviously been cordoned off by police. They were more exercised by the fact they couldn't park their car where they normally park it than by the fact of, of what was being investigated up, just up the road yards away by forensic officers and, and police. And I think that, that does suggest a level of complacency, I think, in, in communities where people think, well, it's none of my business. And they don't realise that, that actually they, they could be caught up in this. I mean, Mark Lavelle will be buried. He's going to be buried in Dundalk. That's going to happen over the next day or so. There will be a massive police operation and uh, possibly Ebony Hughes will be there. So there's a truce at the moment, a few days, if you like. But you see, once he's buried, police will be very worried because there's going to be more blood shed. It's only a matter of time. And those patrols will stop. Police have put on extra patrols over the next few days in the Ardcorn Park area. The residents know that after a few weeks, those patrols will stop. Police police resources is a problem as well. Those patrols aren't always going to be there. So it's, it's short-term, visible 
safety reassurance measure. But the residents knew that that will stop and they're going to be left to, to live there. They have to, to continue to live there. So, you know, it adds to that reluctance and that complacency. Can I ask as a final question? I mean, how many people, in terms of numbers, in terms of wider society, are involved in groups like this? Well, if you think about it, there are almost 70 organised crime gangs operating in Northern Ireland. A large number cross-border Work it out. There's a lot. You know, it takes a lot, it takes up to maybe 15 people to be involved in a murder. It takes perhaps 20 to be involved in a major drug deal. You know, you're talking about a lot of people and it's almost like a full-time job. It is a full-time job. You're working day and night in this illicit trade that basically gets you millions of pounds. Sharon O'Neill. Brett Campbell, thank you very much. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar. The sound design was by Graham Davidson. The clips you heard were from the BBC and LMFM. And if you want to read more about the events detailed in this podcast, we have full coverage on belfasttelegraph.co.uk. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.